0: Instead of going out and doing anything crazy, get back to the basics right now. Make sure that your message, how is it translating into your website? How are all the email sequences that you have set up to go out? How are they matched to that message? That's really what it is. It's just creating a message that cuts through the noise.
1: Welcome to the Grant Y Show. This podcast helps ordinary real estate agents build extraordinary companies. Let's grow in three... Two. Hey everybody, Grant Wise here. Welcome to the Grant Wise Show, where we help ordinary real estate agents build extraordinary businesses. And I have got a very special guest for you today. I've got Mary Davis, who is the marketing director for the Beer Home team. And she has done some impressive things with the team. They were the number one team at eXp globally by gross commission income in 2021 when she started at the team, they were selling roughly $200 million a year and at one point sold over $100 million a year of residential real estate and also if that's not impressive enough, have sold over 700 homes in a single calendar year. We're going to dive into a lot of what the Beer Home team does to have so much success and is what I would say by definition an extraordinary company in the real estate industry. So, Mary, thank you so much for jumping into the show with me today.
0: Excited to be here. And I love the topic of this podcast and what you're trying to do with it. It's really awesome. So, good oh. on
1: you. I appreciate that. Well, give us the story. How do you go from $200 million a year to $100 million a year? Let's start there. What are what are some of the lessons you learned along the way?
0: Yeah. So, you know, when I started working with Dan, he was very a marketing centric person. I mean, just in general and sharing an office with him really realized that right off the bat like you can tell you know looking back now that i've read all the same books that he has like dan kennedy following just creating a unique value proposition in the marketplace that was something that dan created here locally before anybody was really doing it creating for example our home selling process traditional going against the grain of the traditional home selling process and creating something that we've trademarked called the five-day blitz and now you see everybody around town has the so-and-so blitz, this blitz, that blitz. So just seeing him being a pioneer and helping, you know, just create messaging that transcends and differentiates is really what set us apart. I will say that really at the end of 2019, going into 2020, mass media was a huge piece of how we expanded from really just went into that next level to being a household name here in San Diego. And obviously Um, helping us close more transactions and being the go-to people. And so that was something definitely new that we went and did tons and tons of research. And we actually did our first buys without an agency. We were with an agency for a short period of time, but it was really Dan and I doing a ton of research on outdoor billboards, on radio, on bus benches. I mean, you name it. We were television. We were trying to get in the mass media world to really just transcend that level
1: that we were at. I can imagine mass media campaigns, and again, being buses, billboards, radio, TV, right? That's what we're talking about mass media, so that if you're listening to this, that's what we're talking about. That's pretty impressionable, right? I mean, everywhere you go, if you see Dan and see his face, I'm sure that creates quite the impression locally. How do you feel like that impacted the business? Was that the thing that you can look at and say, yeah, we did that and that really took us to the next level, or was it that with a combination of something else?
0: You know, I would say that we had a lot of the foundation blocks in place before we kind of went to that step of mass media. It happened to be right around the time of COVID, and we had to make a lot of adjustments that we weren't expecting to make just as far as our process and showing homes virtually. So I do give it a lot of credit. But I, what I will say is that at the core of it, what we already had working really well for us was unique value propositions, creating guarantees and risk reversal that was grabbing the attention of people in the marketplace. And when we went to mass media, it just became 100X as far as the exposure. And just even for attracting agents to our team, which was a huge piece of getting to that larger volume is having people see us all, all around town and agents that are on the team, it's a retention tool because people they're working with they're like, oh, you work for that guy. You, you work with him. That's your company. And so just started to really make waves in ways we didn't even originally think it would. And it, it's definitely till still to this day something that is very, very powerful for us.
1: So I would give it major credit. Because you, you talked about having a unique value proposition, messaging. You talked about testing different offers. Like, What is it that you feel like, if an agent's listening to this today, they need to know? I think that you feel the same. We were talking about a little bit pre-show, is like a lot of people have misconceptions about what a brand even is. But can you unpack a bit of that for us so that we understand what our market messaging should be?
0: Totally. We were talking a little bit before the show, but most agents that I talk to, when we start talking about branding, they're excited to tell me about a new logo that they just came up with or new colors they rolled out. And like all of that's amazing and important. Aesthetics matter. I really do. I'm a big fan of a good aesthetic, but when it comes to what actually is your branding, it's not that at all. It is so much more about the brand identity and your messaging in the marketplace. So for example, a guarantee that we ran with for years guaranteed sold for 100 percent of your asking price will pay you the difference and you may have seen something like that somewhere in real estate before but the reason we create something like a guarantee like that thats not just on a billboard by the way it's in our radio ads it's on our postcards that we send to our farm it's in our emails it's everywhere talking about risk reversal and taking as much risk on for our client and away from them as we possibly can that really like, why wouldn't they work with us? We're taking away every objection that you could say you have about working with us, whether it, again, I'm talking more on the sell side right now, but that is just attacking that head on is you know an angle to go with creating guarantees creating risk reversal. But when we talk about, the guarantee is one piece of our brand now that's very well known. You know, it's interesting. We talk about billboards or anything with like limited real estate, right? It's different than a website where you could actually have a lot more than just a logo stamped on it. Guarantees can be really, really powerful for any kind of print marketing where you do have limited real estate because you are trying to just spark curiosity and you don't have a lot of space to do that. There's really like three stages of, customer relationship with you and it's the curiosity it's the enlightenment and the commitment so when we have just limited real estate we're just focusing on the curiosity aspect and really that's what becomes your brand i mean people know us in town they're like oh he's the guy with the guarantee right like how does that work and it's just sparking curiosity to continue the conversation and so i think for agents just thinking about how can they differentiate themselves with some kind of risk reversal or guarantee that gets people to call in and just inquire, right? It's about sparking curiosity. And that's why I love like messaging is one of my favorite things to talk about because I think there's really truthfully so many agents out there that are incredible at what they do and they get beat out in a competition for a listing or mm-hmm. even for the buyer by an agent that they know is not as good as an agent as them. In fact, they could be yeah. horrible, but they're not telling their story in a clear way. And that's why it's so fun for me to have these conversations with people, because they just need to hone that in,
1: you know, what do you say to the agents? Like, why does anybody need to know my story? They just want to buy a house. Like they just want to sell a house. Why is who I am important? Cause I hear that quite often. Agents don't really want to talk about themselves or put themselves out
0: yeah. there. And you actually just touched on something really
1: important, which is it's actually not their story.
0: It's their potential client story. It's the story of who's on the other side. So to answer your question, I think that actually takes a lot of stress off agents when I tell them that because a lot of agents are like, I don't want to brag. That's not me. And I'm like, great. You're the perfect candidate for making some quick adjustments to your messaging. If you really are all about your clients, right? A lot of people use that phrase. We're all about our clients and helping our clients win the story that you're telling is, about a problem that your client has or a fear that they have or just a major roadblock they have to getting to the other side of whatever problem, whether it's selling a house, buying a house. For some people, it's renting. Different markets have different, everyone has a different niche that they cover, but it's interesting because, you know, I would say you're on two extremes. Some agents, they lead with authority and they lack empathy. And then some people are so far away from authority because they are that shy agent that's like, I don't want to brag that they just kind of back up from all of it. They're just kind of get afraid. So the combination of the two, I mean, if you really believe that you're the best agent to help your client, then you actually have an obligation to tell a story that's going to hook them in and get them to work with you, because otherwise you're failing them. You're letting them choose to work with some other person, right? So you really do have a duty inside of yourself to pull it together, whatever it takes. But it is about telling their story and that's where most agents, really anybody in business, it's very, very common that we try to tell our own story and not what's the current struggle of selling a house? What are you afraid of in the market right now? and lead with that. You know, I was just talking to an agent this morning. He's like, I feel like the market is, there's some agents out there trying to be cheerleaders and say, you can still get this high price for your home. And I'm kind of on the other side being realistic. And so I don't know with the content I'm putting out, if I'm gonna sound like a negative Nancy when I'm talking. And I don't know how to write content right now that doesn't sound like a negative headline. And, you know, I just kept asking him, well, what's going through your client's mind? What are you keep hearing from your clients? And he was saying they don't know what they can really get. They don't know whether to listen to that positive person who's saying they can still get full price or if the news headlines are really true. And so I just told him, that's your headline. Lean in with what your customer's fear is in the current moment. Start with that and then go from there. But so many times we try to start with, I'm agent, Joe Smith, and I believe that right now you need to price your home this way and for this reason. And that's where I think agents do get uncomfortable. Hopefully, it's a little bit less daunting when you just get to talk about someone else's
1: story. I've seen this for years and years and years and years that agents are improperly positioning themselves in the marketplace. You said a second ago, if you have too much authority and not enough empathy, or if you have a sympathy and not authority, I've seen that play out so much. So many agents talk about like their production or how much money they earn. I find it so odd. I don't even know why we do that. But what it seems to lead to is the agent trying to make themselves the hero instead of the guide, which is uh, I yeah. think a really important storytelling framework. So what you're saying, I agree a thousand percent with is if you want to go out and position yourself in the market, you need to do so as the guide that's going to help that person through whatever obstacle it is that they're facing it sounds like you had something to kind of say on this topic as well but i'd love to i'd love to hear it
0: yeah you know and i think what i was gonna say is with the authority thing it's so easy to look at agents doing that and think like agents are just a bunch of people that love to brag about themselves i think so many marketing rule books teach us that we need to have authority in marketing so few of them actually talk about what you just mentioned which is that we're the guide not the hero you do need authority Mm -hmm. but just even when you're talking about like where does it go on a website so many agents have like the number one real estate agent in in san diego is like that's their headline of their website versus helping buyers and sellers get what they want out of a home sale or purchase whatever right and then the authority piece it's important but it belongs in a different location, for example, is to not overwhelm. So I, I see that all the time, but I think part of it is it's an epidemic. I mean, you see other agents bragging and doing it all the time. And internally in our industry, I think it's cool. It's it's awesome. We get to brag and celebrate amongst peers about what we accomplish. but we talk about empathy and authority. It's a one-two punch. And they, and with too much empathy, you sound like a soft loser I don't want to work with, right? If you're just like, I know how hard it is and I know that <laughs> it can be really scary. I mean, I want to work with somebody who also has some something to show for it, right? Somebody who has a proven track record. So just thinking about pairing those two things. And before you even get into that, you've got to spark curiosity. And so authority just doesn't do that. If I'm going to dinner with someone and the first thing we sit down and start talking about is how awesome they are and what accolades <laughs> they have, yeah. accomplished? I really don't want to talk to them for much longer. And it's the same with
1: marketing. It's interesting because we talk about messaging and like we're talking to them right now about messaging and, and having a brand and what you're putting out there and risk reversals. Typically, I don't think some people realize when you put out content that talks about your production and it talks about how much money you're earning and it talks about your number one in XYZ market. What's really ultimately happening, at least what I've seen, is that you're attracting other agents that want to know how you're doing it. And that's a a market to message mismatch, right? We're putting out content that we think is going to help validate us to the consumer, but what it's actually doing is attracting competition because they want to know what it is that we're doing to have so much success because maybe they're not having it or maybe you've got a system or a tool or something. Like I don't think people pay attention to it. They just see Joshua the number one realtor in Arizona is bragging about a success. So then when I do something, I need to brag about my success. And it's like, well, maybe you don't. It just depends on who you're actually marketing to. And I always tell people this, like, you're not afraid to create content. It's not that you don't know what to say whenever you go to create content, it's that you don't know who you're talking to. 100%. Yeah, 100%, that's so true. Yeah. How important is it when you go to create messaging for your business and your brand that you have a clear picture of who it is that you're even trying to to market and message to.
0: It's probably the most important thing. And I've talked with you, Grant, I'm a story brand certified guide. We went through that framework. If you've read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. The reason like we went through that process is because, I mean, after reading the book ourselves, like agents are not at fault for not understanding this. If you're gonna sit down and make a marketing piece grant like as an agent, or I could look at like a blank screen for three hours. Even if I had a great idea, I know I wanna make something about a guaranteed sold program. I know that I want to talk to the way people are approaching the holidays with the real estate market. Just as an example, I might just like stare at a blank screen and not know where to start but if you really understand who your customer is and what their problem is and again that whole framework like how you step in and help them solve that problem and the whole journey you are now starting not at square zero every time you sit down and make a marketing piece so not only does it save time but it's what creates a cohesive brand across the board i mean It's, I think people look at companies like Coca-Cola and Budweiser and just any company that does big branding. And they're like, they understand that that's a big brand. And they think it's so beyond to have that kind of sentiment or feeling about their own business, but it's not that far out of reach. If Mm -hmm. you can get into, again, it's really just telling a story. And the reason that is so, you know, compelling framework, I mean, for many, many years storytelling has been used to move people, to get them interested, to get them to stop and listen to you. So I think I went a little further in answering your question, but really the most critical thing agents can do is really understand what their customers' problems are, who they are. Like Mm -hmm. you said, And and they get that wrong so many times, like they try to put like a demographic on it. Like they're like, how old are they? Where do they live? Like really understand a person in your market who was buying or selling a house what are they fearing mm-hmm. what is their like internal philosophical i mean all of those elements really what are they struggling with versus like trying to understand what it would look like put them on a little dot map of all these different characteristics that they have it's more it's much deeper than that
1: i agree we talk in sales all the time about pain and we talk about you're talking about struggles and i don't think most people realize that there are two types of pain there's external pain and there's internal pain and one creates the other so like if uh, interest rates are a problem and now all of a sudden you can buy half the house that you could two years ago and your payment's going to be way higher than you expected it to be that is an external problem but it creates stress anxiety feelings of insecurity failure and I think if I'm hearing you correctly, like you're saying that's what we've got to speak to whenever we're creating content or putting stuff out there is that we've got to speak to what's going yeah. on inside a person, not outside a person. The outside's creating the internal problem. Is that right?
0: Exactly, and we are so guilty of that in our industry. I mean, I've seen a few people post like, how many times have you heard your clients talk about the the NAR lawsuit, for example? Like, not at all. They don't care about it. But what are agents talking about? They're talking about the Non-stop. NAR lawsuit. <laughs> But what are their clients like when have they sat down for a second to say, like, what is my client by watching what this news broadcast put out? Fox news put out last night, CNN, whoever about the housing market or about even employment or anything. What's our economic status as a nation during the holidays currently? Like if you spend a little bit of time each day thinking about that, thinking about all the other stuff in the world that your clients are consuming that creates That is the external problem right then how does that make them feel we spend more time thinking about that the message becomes clear i mean you could sit down at the computer and just start typing because your brain starts flowing you're now in that space and you're sitting really like as if you're them right it's incredible like how eye-opening that can be for people and just so many agents they're more creative than they think but again you're living in
1: um, I, just don't yeah. I think this you just don't know who you're talking to because I sit down with people yeah. all the time like who, who do you typically work with and they're like well I work with XYZ and I'm like okay well let's say that I'm thinking about relocating out of the city and I'm going to buy a home an hour from now what is the number one thing that you would tell me to do first and then they're like blah, 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 blah. like they have all of this information that they can give me so it's like they're not asking themselves the right questions I, I I agree as much as you can Take us inside the Beer Home team right now, because I think this is an unbelievably powerful exercise that people could go through, because there's a lot of real estate agents out there that are trying to figure out how to navigate the right now. How do I navigate this NAR lawsuit? How do I navigate what's going on with Zillow? How do I navigate some of these big obstacles? How are you creating messaging right now to attract consumers in a time where the value of the realtor is being really questioned?
0: It's a great question, and... A huge piece of it is about creating trust or in this instance, like even rebuilding it. And sometimes I think what we've actually been pretty good at historically is leading with, we know we're not going to be the cheapest on the market. We know that we're not going to be just that plain and simple, but just leaning into exactly what our customers really want. And we know that they want a seamless process. We know that they want to get everything they deserve out a home sale and purchase that, it's a huge financial opportunity for them, or it could be something that sets them back on their trajectory of where they'd hope to go. So I think like in our messaging, that's a really just key part of it. But I will say right now, even with where we are in the market, just spending more time, like getting back to the basics on even communication. And one thing when we talk about messaging, oftentimes I think people, even, just solo agents. Like they'll have a great marketing message. Someone calls in, right? Cause they've seen the marketing message somewhere. And then they completely abandon whatever that was. Like they don't have any sales language to match what that marketing message was. And so I think what we're really dialing in right now with our inside sales team and just re-looking really at like, we've created this amazing message. In- um, and just making sure that it's transcending, I mean, Grant, we went through the process of like rehauling, you know, what we're doing with the inside sales team. And then also just the sales, the actual booklet or presentation materials that we take to the appointment to match that message. Cause it doesn't just stop with marketing. It flows through everything. I mean, even your transaction coordinators that are on the phone, are they speaking the same language? Another thing that we're we've been doing in our messaging is. Actually, like taking, for example, a post-closing survey from a client who just closed, and what what are they say that they were worried about when they or when they started the process? Well, so we were really worried we weren't going to get as much for our house as we hoped, and we we're trying to relocate um, out of state, and we're we're retiring, so it really you know was critical for us that we got the amount. And so when Beer Home Team showed us their strategy and helped us get that, I mean, it really like changed our life, right? But we have a lot of those from the past six months, let's just say, and just going back through and highlighting words and key phrases and finding their language and speaking to them in words that they would use. I mean, it's simple, but it also sounds very woo-woo, right? But that's the times that we're in. It's just talking to people in, I think that's how we create trust. We speak to them and using the words that they use, people like them use, instead of trying to shove things down their throat. And again, like any messaging that you're creating, start off by addressing the problem or fear in their head. If you think that people are worried about interest rates, start talking about like, if you're feeling a little bit insecure about the fact that you didn't purchase a home back then, just really thinking about that insecurity or that feeling that internal problem that you described is where we would start with like any messaging.
1: A lot of people get it wrong because they try to skip past it. Like, you shouldn't worry about interest yes. rates. No, you should date the rate, rate the house. Yes. Or it's like, if I come in and my son says, I'm scared. And I say, no, don't be scared. It's not gonna land. He's gonna be like, I'm pretty scared. I think there's something right. in my closet. But if I'm like, "Yes, you think there's something in your closet? Well, let me go look for you really quick. And then it's like, oh, I don't see anything. You wanna come over here with me and look and I'll protect you. And Yeah, okay, you were right. There's nothing in my closet. I don't have to be scared anymore. People, I think, get this wrong a lot. Because they try to avoid yes. the thing that they think is causing 100%. problems in people's minds. And what they actually should do is they should call it out, like all of their testimonials, their messaging, your I mean, like everything you're describing. I mean, it's perfect. You've gotta come in and address it. And you've got to be congruent throughout the entire organization okay. when you are communicating those things. I hear you saying that, you know, most agents wish that branding was something you just set and forget, right? It's like a site, it's a logo, it's a color scheme, it's this. But what you're saying and I hope that you could elaborate on a little bit is that branding is really like the message you're putting out into the market and maybe the way that it looks and making sure that it looks a certain way consistently, but it's, it's what you're talking about right now that's impacting client and that changes.
0: Yes. That's a great point. We adjust our core offering to adjust to the market. Sometimes that's like we, I mean, we ran with just the traditional guaranteed sold for like five years. And that was working great. And then we got into 2020 to 2023 is like 50 different worlds we went through and ups and downs and roller coasters. So we've changed to guaranteed offer. I mean, we ran with like a cash message before. What really prompts that is just seeing what are the responses. If we don't hear people calling in and asking about the offer that we are marketing, then we know that it's time to change that offer. And we gather that Intel from our agents and from the inside sales team. But really it's like, are they calling when they call? Are they like, Hey, what about that outrageous guarantee you guys have? or are they just calling and saying i'm interested in working with you or i'm looking for an agent right because then we've already just lost ourselves and we don't have the upper hand anymore unless they're calling about that offer so it's okay to change your offer 100 we do it when we need to i will say that we have a checklist that we go through to change it on all fronts it's not just like let's just change it on a postcard we might test it go through a a testing phase. And actually one of the best ways to do that is sending out like a postcard that we already send out every month. It's not something we have to go through a web developer and change a bunch of crazy stuff It's just on one piece of marketing and get it out there. We'll put like a limited time offer on it. So like through the end of November, we're doing this thing, right? And just see if it pulls and see if people call and ask about that. But just changing it across all channels. It's never gonna be too different, like you said, look and feel wise but any like core offering that you have, I think it does get stale and you need to change it up. And listen, just the industry that we're in, if the industries, if the climate, the environment is changing, it's not impressive anymore to be able to sell, you know, when we hit, for example, in COVID, we're like, okay, it's not impressive to sell a house in 29 days for hundred percent of the asking price. Like (laughs) no one cares about that. Like that's just like a loser message. So we had to change that pretty quick, but, That's just an example of adjusting to the market and coming up with like what are people facing right now and if we got like for in we did a guaranteed rent back in COVID because it was like okay the problem is that people are competent they can sell for a lot but inventory is so low that they're afraid they're not going to be able to find a home that they want they're going to be rushed into something they don't really want so then if we just get them a rent back but they get the price that they want take advantage of right now's market then guarantee that for them but all of a sudden like they have no more problems they have they're a perfect case scenario so those are just some examples of how we've done that but yeah it's 100 okay to change it there's no like rhythm to that there's no like you can only change it once a year twice a year like be on top of what's happening and adjust your message as you need and if you're doing that, you're going to be okay. Like even if you change it a couple too many times, like whatever, don't overthink
1: it. I think some people are like, how do I know? Am I going to make mistakes? Is that, am I going to get it wrong sometime? You said something earlier that struck out to me was about Dan and being a pioneer and doing things in the industry. I think that not everybody does. Certainly the Beer Home Team is one of the most extraordinary companies that exists in the real estate space. When I was listening to a webinar the other day with Russell Brunson, he said, you can always tell who the pioneers are because they're the ones that are laying face down with the arrows in their backs. I'm sure you guys have some arrows in your backs. Are there times where you've gone to maybe test something and it didn't work and you ended up wasting money? Or can you tell me about some of the failures that, what were they and what were the lessons you learned?
0: You know, I think one clear, I mean, even what I just mentioned to you, our, when we had the guaranteed off or guaranteed rent back message, that worked really well, we were late to it. And part of that was we were living in a world of overwhelm. Our company was growing extremely fast and we were trying to even find the right, like, can we really promise that? Like, right. So when we finally got that ironed out and then from the time we figured it out to when it got on all the billboards and we had to pay to get them reprinted, it was kind of like we started to see the market changing and we were behind it. So that's one thing we've definitely failed and had errors in our back on. We were late to a message. And we definitely lost money in like printing that, doing it, whatever. And you know what? We fail all the time in like stuff that we do. And one example is with lead magnets, for example, we've gotten a lot better at this, but like we've had messages or lead magnets that we've tried to use. And they're one of those things you create it, you put it on your site, you kind of like forget that it exists. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: we have like a lead magnet that was like for, three markets ago that was just living on our site and not really relevant. And so of course, no one's asking to download it or it's like the numbers are way down on interest for that. And so I can't think of like any other like specific examples right now, but I can tell you that we fail forward all the time. And we try not to make the same mistake twice. But one thing that I've always really respected Dan for is Just the way he kind of looks at testing kind of realm. We have a $10,000 testing budget. We'll agree on like whatever our testing budget's going to be before we go into any kind of project. I mean, billboards, for example, like $10,000 isn't going to get you anywhere. So what is the investment? Like how long are we willing to do it for and then sit down and reassess? I think so many agents will go and choose a campaign and like, it'll be running for a year. And then they're like, I got nothing from that. It's like, okay, great. Well, why did you run it for an entire year then? Like you should know probably at the 90 day mark, if we're Mm going to launch on a radio station where we're going to be investing $10,000 a month, we need to know by month three that we're at least getting people calling people that are intrigued. We might not have deals closing by then. So I guess what I'm getting at is like, Anytime when we embark on something new, or even return to something that we've done before, we have a discussion about, okay, how long do we expect until we see results? And sometimes it's not like necessarily a direct return on investment. For example, radio could be six months before we're actually seeing those deals close and the money in the bank. But at the 90 day mark, we should really be hearing people calling, we should have leads, that kind of thing. So for each type of, marketing that we have, we will establish that before we roll it out. And that's how, you know, like, you're not afraid to have errors in your back. Cause you're like that arrow, that's a $10,000 arrow. I'm willing to lose that. Right. Uh-huh. And that will be on the other side of that is this huge opportunity of gain that I'm also willing to lose that to possibly see. And so if you know those numbers and what your limits are, then you have a lot more comfort going into something like
1: that. And that's part of how you make that transition from ordinary to extraordinary. You've gotta be willing to take risks as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. Sometimes you've gotta do stuff. It's feeling, thankfully because of marketing, you can get data pretty quickly and you can know if something is or is not working, but you've got to be willing to make some of those investments. There's certainly things that I've done that just absolutely did not pan out. I've done a few of them and marketing, people always ask me like, well, is this gonna work? I'm like, I don't know, you gotta test it. Like we got to test it. We got to test it. it. That's the marketer's mantra. It's like, I don't know if we got to test it (laughs) and and see if certainly you develop a skill set over time and you know what things will and what things won't work. That was going to be the next question I was going to ask you is how do you tell? Because branding is a little bit different than like direct response marketing. So I know if I put out a Facebook ad, I'm going to be able to predict the result that I get pretty consistently, but I don't always know from a branding standpoint, if something is or isn't working. And it sounds like you all Come up with a bit of a system for how, yeah. to, how to navigate that
0: yeah so really simply is if like you're a solo agent and you're answering all the calls that you take for marketing a lot of times we don't ask people like how they heard about us or yeah. like what made them think to We're
1: thankful that they have. did most agents
0: <laughs> yeah and it's like okay well yeah I, I heard about your message on the radio oh yeah like um which message ask them, ask them, just go a little deeper on in finding out what do they actually call about? Right? And so we have that training in our organization. So our sales agents our inside sales agents are trained to ask those questions, but we, you know, as a marketing team, we ask them periodically for, feedback on messages. And I I like to ask for specific examples. Like I want to know that someone brought up the term outrageous guarantee. That's something we're running right now. I want to know that they brought up just whatever it is. And if we're not hearing that again, it it is a little bit of intuition, but it's not so woo woo. It's like, you're going to know or not. Like people are either going to be interested in it or they're just not. And one thing we've also done is actually just AB test messages on websites, whether it's a header, You know, just even seeing how much time did someone spend once they got on the page with that headline, did they spend 30 seconds or were they like this person who spent a minute and 30 seconds, but went to clicked on every tab three times and visited and scrolled and did all these different things, downloaded the lead magnet and booked a call Then we know a lot more about how effective that message is. So website's a great way to test a message because all your marketing is funneling to that. And depending on what system you're using, you can get a lot of different metrics based on that. And again, depending on what system you're using, A-B testing is pretty simple to do, but that's a great way to test core message. I don't know if that answers your question. Another cool thing to do, by the way, agents like take advantage of this simple hack. If you were editing or making like a marketing piece, or your header for your website go sit in a coffee shop and quickly like have a stranger walking by look at it for five seconds then turn the screen away from them and say can you tell me what i offer and can you tell me how it makes your life better Mm. if they can't answer those two questions after looking at your screen for five seconds you have to fix your message Mm. that's it
1: that's a great strategy
0: when it comes down to like messages that we've had that have failed Usually it's that the consumer doesn't understand what the heck it is. It's too Mm -hmm. much industry speak. It's too much like fluffy language. And that was one struggle we had. I guess when you asked about fails, we had like a buy before you sell program. And we were just struggling to articulate like on a radio spot, how does that work in a way that doesn't make someone be like, huh, that sounds too good to be true. Or I think we flopped on how we just delivered that and had we gone through the exercise that I just described at a coffee shop, I think we would have quickly been like, what the heck? Like we put buy the free sell on all of our billboards. There's actually not even anything that says real estate about that mm-hmm. anywhere. And so just those little subtleties, I think are some ways to just get a gauge on messaging.
1: Well, it's a lot of powerful stuff. I want to respect your time. I know we're running out of it here. I just want to say like, I think that as I look back over the course of a decade working with people in all industries, that what I have noticed is the people that have the most prominent brands, you can get a lot of stuff wrong, but if you have one of the best known brands in your space, wherever it is, doing whatever it is, you can make a lot of mistakes. And the relationship that you have developed with the market will help you make up for that. I remember I was was in um, Miami, I had a show on Grant Cardone's network. And the show was teaching investors at the time how to get deals from Facebook ads. And I remember talking to their director of paid media. And I'm like, dude, you got to tell me about these ads that you all run for Cardone. Like, they're awful. Like the landing pages are bad. Tell me like, what is it? He's like, well, you know, We don't really care. We've got the number one most recognized brand in our space. We know the math, like we know that we spend this much money, we get this much return. It's like we don't really care. What I'm saying is like if you go out in your market, in your community and you develop the best brand in the local community, you become the most recognized figure in your space. You position yourself as the authority the right way. You can do things like what the beer home team has done and build this extraordinary company in the market going from $200 million a year in production to, you know, in excess of 100 at certain points. And I think a brand can do powerful things that maybe going in door knocking can't or cold calling won't it's not to say that any of those things don't work but it's my experience that cold calling is so much more effective when you are the most recognized figure in your space and i think what you all have done with the beer home team is just absolutely incredible so i appreciate you taking the time to educate me and educate the people that are listening to this show. This has been a really great conversation. I agree with everything you've said. You've got to get your message right, because if you have a message to market mismatch in your local community, it really won't matter what you do. You're just not going to have the conversations you need. And that's how you thrive in this industry. You have more conversations. You get it face to face with more people who are thinking about selling their home. and so. I think last question just like on the way out here mary is if there was one thing that you would tell somebody to go do right now that could help them take their business as an ordinary realtor go from ordinary to extraordinary if there was one thing you say go do this right now like what would that be how can i take something from this episode and and go become extraordinary
0: well my favorite thing and dan's gonna kill me for this if he ever sees it but i'm obsessed with this book right now marketing made simple and it's really like the most simple instead of going out and doing anything crazy, get back to the basics right now. Make sure that your, everything we talked about, your message, how is it translating into your website? How are all the email sequences that you have set up to go out? How are they matched to that message? Really just like the five things that you need to make sure you have in check, they're in that book. And it's your one-liner when someone asks you what you do, your website, your sales, your nurture sequence, your lead generating PDF, those core things, if you can dial them in in the market that we're in right now will set you far apart from really all the noise that's out there. That's really what it is, is just creating a message that cuts through the noise. And this book has really all you need to get started in doing that. So that's my message to everybody right now is to just
1: dive into it. I love it. When you do dive into it, if you're confused about how do I get all this information? Talk to people. The market will tell you what it wants. Yes. You will listen. <laughs> so, talk to people. They'll they'll give you all the answers you need. Mary, I appreciate you so much for spending some time with me. Like I said, I learned a lot and I know that everybody listening to this did as well. We'll make sure that we link up all the ways that people can connect with you in our show notes. Thank you all for continuing to listen to the show. I'm looking forward to the next episode and bringing on another powerful guest to help you understand how to go from ordinary to extraordinary and everything that you do. appreciate you, Mary. Thanks again. See you all soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Grant Y Show. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.